Good morning, and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb, and I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. I am happy that you have joined our program for today. I will remind you that we do have a website if you have not been there yet. From wherever you are, you can visit our website at www.marshill.com. COC.org. Again, Mars Hill, COC.org. And we have our information about our congregation, <laughs> excuse me, about our congregation on that website. And we also have um, information about this program and other things that we are involved in. And uh, you can listen to this program as a podcast if you ever are unavailable. At 11 a.m. on Tuesday, you can listen to it later as a podcast or also uh, directly from the website, Um, but feel free to visit that website. And one of the best things about it is the information um, for you to contact us. So you can contact us by uh, postal service, by mail. Our address is 1135 Rucker Road, Christiana, Tennessee. And our phone number is 615-203-3637. And you can call us and leave us a message if we're not here. Uh, You can also uh, contact us by email. And there is a link on the website to contact us by email. We invite you to do so. We would certainly love to hear from you. Uh, However you choose to contact us, we would love to hear from you. We are studying the church of the Bible, and we want to be the church of the Bible. We want to be the church that we read about in Scripture, and I hope that you are endeavor to do that. I hope that that is your desire as it is mine. And basically what I'm doing, I have had a certain pamphlet for several years. I remember it being copied and passed out uh, at my home congregation, Science Hill, when I was younger. And uh, I also uh, found this and some files that were given to me by uh, the preacher that I grew up with, Brother Marion West. And I learned a great deal from him. But one of the greatest things, uh, whenever he realized that I wanted to become a preacher, he gave me uh, files on just about every subject. But I remember finding this in, in a file regarding the church. And uh, again, I remembered it from my youth. And it's something that I wanted to, to go through and share with you. Uh, a little bit more uh, simplified, not quite as detailed as uh, some of the stuff that we had gone through previously. But disregards the one true church, the church of the Bible. And that is our desire. We want to be able to read about the church that we are a part of in Scripture. And if we cannot read of that church in Scripture, then it is uh, quite possible that the church that we are a part of is not the church of the Bible. And in that case, there are some changes that need to be made. What I have in front of me is 
um, termed marks that matter uh, plus the personal test. And what it does is it's going through the scriptures that teach about the church. And there are some questions that are asked about the church. And so we're really going to, to begin that study today. Uh, again, I'm just going through the things that, that are listed here, the verses that are listed here. And this is the test for you, uh, especially uh, I encourage you, if you're a member uh, of a denomination, if you are a member of a church that is founded by a person or founded somewhere in location on earth, then I would encourage you to really think and really study and make sure that the church that you are a part of is the church of the Bible. It's not about name necessarily, although the name is important, but it's more a matter of what is taught, what is practiced, what is preached. If your church is not the church of the Bible, then again, make the changes necessary. Become a member of the church that is found in the Bible. Become a member of that church by obeying the commands of the Bible. But make sure that you are a member of the church of the Bible. Before we really get into our study for today, let's bow together in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we do thank you for the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you for this day. We thank you for our time together, for the ability that we have to open up your word together. We pray, Father, that as we do so, that we would find the church that you have taught us about in your word, the church that is founded according to your will, the church that is practicing and preaching according to your will. We pray that you would help us to be the individual Christians that you would have us to be. Help us to be faithful to you, to do those things that are necessary, not only for our salvation, but our continued faithfulness. We pray, Father, that you would help us to, to, to look to your desire, to do as Jesus did, to do your will always. We are thankful for your son, for his sacrifice for our sins, for all that he means to us. It is through Jesus that we humbly pray to you. Amen. All right, as we get into our study for today, we're, we're beginning this personal test to make sure that the church that, that we read of in Scripture is the church that we are members of. And if it's not, then we endeavor to make that change. And I will will uh, commit to doing that as much as, as I'm asking you to commit to doing that. Uh, we're reading the Bible. We are reading the scriptures. And I encourage you to open up your copy of the Word of God. And let's read these scriptures together. And let's understand them. Let's understand what they teach about the church. Let's understand what God's will is for Christians. We begin with the church's founder. So far, what we have talked about in the last couple of weeks 
We have compared the voice of God to the voice of history. And there are certain things that are taught about the church in regard to the Bible. We know that Christ Jesus promised to build his church. And we're going to look at that again in a moment, Matthew 16 and verse 18. We know that the scripture declares that there is one body, that he is the head of the body, the church, Ephesians 4.4 and Colossians 1.18 respectively. But the voice of history tells us of many churches, such as the Roman Catholic Church or the Lutheran Church, the Episcopal Church, the Presbyterian Church, the Baptist, the Methodists, the Mormon Church, the Church of Latter-day Saints, the Adventists, the Christian Scientists, Jehovah's Witnesses, and many other Pentecostal churches that have been formed in an effort to get away from denominationalism. But we understand that the the churches that are taught of in history, they do not exist in the Bible. They were founded by men. They were founded in times other than what is specified in prophecy. We find that these are not the church of the Bible. We cannot read of the Baptist church in the Bible because it wasn't founded in Bible times. And we find that the teachings of it are not found in Scripture. And it's not to be hard on anyone who is of that so-called faith. It's just simply saying that it is not the church that we read about in the Bible. Most of the churches that we read of from history cannot be found in the Bible. And so we are going through these scriptures. We are going through this test. To make sure that the church that we are members of is the church that we read about in Scripture. And we begin with its founder. Its founder must be Christ. Whereas the churches that I listed a moment ago have earthly founders, such as Boniface III, Martin Luther, Henry VIII, John Calvin, John Smith, John Wesley. Joseph Smith, Uh, we can go through all of these and find that these are earthly founders of denominational churches. But the church that we read about in the Bible was not founded by someone upon earth. It, It was not founded on someone on earth. Some contend, especially when it comes to the Catholic religion, that the church was founded upon Peter, that he is the first bishop or um, not bishop, uh, the first pope is what he is supposed to be. That is from a history standpoint. It is not from a Bible standpoint. And again, we'll look at that in a moment in Matthew 16. But let's begin with its founder. The founder of the church is not Peter. And the founder of the church is not someone uh, associated with a denomination. But the founder of the church of the Bible is Christ. The founder of the church of the Bible is Christ. 
He is its purchaser. For instance, as we read in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. For context, let's read this paragraph, at least as it is a paragraph in the New King James Version that I'll be reading out of. And let's look in particularly at verse 28 as uh, our, our verse of context. We begin in verse 25 of Acts 20. Verse 25, and indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men, for I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed. To yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch, and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. One of the the things that we noticed about the context about this passage is who it is speaking to. Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. This is addressed to the overseers of the church. And just as you would have an overseer of a business of some sort, we have overseers of the church those who have been appointed to oversee the work of the church. In its establishment in Acts chapter 2 and going forward, we find the overseers to be the apostles. Before the church was scattered, when it was established in Jerusalem, the apostles were its first overseers. But they went about appointing others as overseers, we refer to them most often in the church today as elders. They could also be referred to as bishops. And even in a, 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 a loose context, maybe as shepherds, because whenever we read of shepherds, it's always in scripture in the verb form that they are to shepherd the flock. So we might use that term loosely to describe these overseers. But we are given qualifications for bishops. For instance, in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and also in Titus chapter 1. But we are told of these bishops, these overseers, these elders who oversee the work of the church. And so this warning is going out from Paul to these men who oversee the church, 
Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Take heed to the flock. That is their job. That is their responsibility. Take heed to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God. That is the church of the Bible. That is the church that we read about in the Bible, which he purchased, he being Christ, which he purchased with his own blood. The church is purchased by Christ with his blood. Jesus Christ is the founder of his church because he purchased it with his own blood. Did Henry VIII purchase the church with his blood? He did not. And what about Martin Luther? What about John Smith or John Wesley or John Calvin? Did they purchase the church with their blood? Did your preacher purchase the church with his blood? Or any leader in the church that you are a member of, did they purchase the church with their blood? The answer is no. Jesus purchased the church with his blood according to Acts 20 and verse 28. Therefore, Jesus is the founder of his church. The church belongs to him because he purchased it with his blood. But now, as I promised, let's go back to Matthew 16 and let's look at verse 18. We've already looked at Matthew 16, but we'll look at it once again. We recognize the context of this passage. We recognize the question that is asked of the disciples by Jesus. Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? They gave their suggestions. John the Baptist or the baptizer, some Elijah, others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets, and notice that all of those answers are wrong. Jesus is not John the Baptist. He is not Elijah, and he is not Jeremiah. But those are what was suggested by men. Jesus asks a similar question, but a different question. Who do you say that I am? This is what men say that I am. I understand that. But what do you say or who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter in verse 16 of Matthew 16 speaks up. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And notice what it says in verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock, not Peter, 
not Peter himself, as some might suggest, but upon his faith, upon the rock of his faith. You see, the church is founded upon faith in Jesus as the son of the living God and upon the same faith that Peter confessed, the church is founded upon even to this day. I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Jesus promised to build one church. He was the owner of the church. He was the purchaser of the church, and so he is the builder of his church church. We also find that Jesus is the head of his church in the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5 and let's look at verse 23. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 23. And this is in context, Paul is speaking here of the relationship between marriage and the church. And really the the parallelism that can be found in the relationship in a marriage and the relationship of the church to Christ. So let's go back to verse 22 in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22. We'll read through verse 24. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be. To their own husbands in everything. As we read these verses, I've preached this from both standpoints. I've compared marriage to the church. I've also looked at this comparing the church to the marriage relationship. But what we read in verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife. This is the reason that wives are to submit to their own husbands. This is the command from the Lord. It is a command that is to be honored and observed even today, even though there are some that that would uh, fight for marriage, uh, or not marriage, but fight for equality between man and woman. Some don't like to hear of the submissiveness of wives. But it's the way that the church is patterned as well. And if you don't like the way that the marriage is patterned in the Bible, then you don't like the way that the church is patterned in the Bible either. Because you see that we as Christians, we are to be submissive unto Christ. He is the head of the church. So just as wives are commanded to be submissive to their own husbands, as to the Lord, so Christians are to be submissive 
unto Christ. And it's the way that the church is patterned. Christ is the head. And we submit to the authority of Christ. We submit to the will of God found in the scriptures. And as we do so, as we follow the commands of scripture, we are pleasing unto God. The husband is the head of the wife. That doesn't mean that he doesn't take into account uh, the things that, that the wife has to say. That he doesn't take into account her own feelings toward certain things within the marriage. That he doesn't look to her as he is making the decision. But he is the head of the home. It is the way that the home is patterned by God. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church. And he is the savior of the body. He is the purchaser of his church by his blood. And in that way, he is also the savior of those who are members of his church. Those who have been obedient to the commands of Scripture. But Christ is the head of his church. This is not the only place that this is found. We can also go back to uh, chapter 1 of Ephesians. And we look at verses 22 and 23. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Christ is the head of his church. Notice here that the head is not the preacher. The head is not even the elders. They are directed in their oversight by the commands of Scripture. But Christ is the head of his church. Christ is the head of his church. There is not a man-made head. And it is not a conference. It is not uh, some kind of uh, gathering of men or even women that make decisions as to what the church is to do. Now, the elders, they oversee a congregation. They oversee the congregation in which they have been appointed based on their qualifications. But they do not make decisions for another congregation or any other group of people that may be assembled in some way. They only have authority over the congregation in which they have been appointed. And they only have authority as far as authority is given in Scripture. They ensure that we are following, that we are doing according to the commands of Scripture. And if we are not following according to the Bible, then again, we are not the church of the Bible. I have a couple of other points that we'll look at next week, Lord willing. That he is the lawgiver. 
You can look at Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. And we'll look at how Jesus is the Savior. Uh, well, actually, we already looked at Ephesians 5 and verse 23 and how he is the Savior of the body. But we find that Jesus Christ is the founder of his church. So I ask you the question, did Jesus Christ establish your church? The church that you are a member of, the church that you are a part of, the church that you worship with. Did Jesus Christ establish your church? Is he the purchaser, the builder, the head, the lawgiver, and the savior of your church? If not, there are changes that I would encourage you to make in your life. If you have questions, feel free to ask. We would be glad to help you and to guide you in the ways of scripture. Be sure you're studying the word of God. Be sure that you have a good understanding of what God has given us. It's important that you do. I look forward to being with you next week, Lord willing, next Tuesday at 11 a.m. And until we meet again, may God continue to bless you.